gives me. He's so good, isn't he? Amen. Fantastic. You can take your seats. Pauline, myself, and uh, Josh have been to the ACC National Conference this week on the Gold Coast, and that was fantastic. And no, I didn't go for a swim, and I didn't get anywhere near the beach, but I've uh, had a fantastic time hearing some of the best speakers our land has, uh, being in the best worship and all that. It was a fantastic time away. Is that a sudden stop? Who enjoyed the worship today? Great, great leading by Beth. Jansen, don't you run away. Jansen is our drummer, preacher, great man of God. You've got a cold. Stay away from me. He's, uh, he's on his way uh, tomorrow or the day after, Tuesday, to um, Papua New Guinea, Deacon Chalas, on a missions trip uh, to serve as a doctor on the mission field. And uh, that's three weeks he's giving of his uh, time, his, his um, gifts, and his knowledge to, to minister Jesus to, to people in a practical way. So why don't we just uh, raise our hands towards Jansen. We're going to pray a blessing on him for God's favor and protection and blessing while he's there. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gifts, uh, the talents, the abilities you have upon our lives. And Lord, we thank you that Jansen is a doctor, that he's able to bring the medical uh, expertise to those people in need in New Guinea. So we just pray right now, Father, for protection, for favor, for uh, great opportunities, Lord, to be before him. Lord, I also pray for the specialties that he knows that he has in his uh, medical field, that people will be there just at the right time who uh, need exactly what he is able to bring. So we just pray for every uh, uh, resource that he needs, that it will be there. For every uh, medical piece of equipment, that it will be there. And Lord, I just pray that you prepare a way for Jansen, that he may be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That he not only will bring medical help, but bring the gospel of Jesus Christ in a practical way, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So I just also want to remind you, keep your eyes out in the next few weeks at uh, Centenary Oval. There's uh, one of our uh, love signs will be up soon, uh, Love Air Peninsula. Who loves the Air Peninsula? I think it's a great place, great people. And uh, we just want to tell the, the city of Port Lincoln and the Air Peninsula to love where you are and uh, love, love what God's doing here as well. So that's uh, coming up soon, so you'll see that. And... Uh, uh, I think um, that's exciting. And you know what? The, the funniest thing is uh, um, y- y- I've had more, uh, I guess, positives from that than negatives. But, uh, you know, we, we just got to be praising God that, that we're getting something out, that people know that there's, there's good things uh, that we have to enjoy here on the Air Peninsula. So who was here last week? Give me a wave. Who's ready for part two of of uh, what was it called? The Free in the Storm. That's it. So as long as I know what I'm preaching, it'll be okay. I'll look at the screen. Give me a jog. But last week I started Free in the Storm, and uh, we set those ground rules that's going to prepare us for, for this morning. Um, the first thing that we always need to realize, because life has its storms, but what I want you to get as, as a foundation, if you weren't here last week, is God is always overwhelmingly good. He is always good. Uh, all good things come from God. So um, with that, are you ready for part two? Give someone a, a punch in the shoulder and say, are you ready?
So it's not, it's not until we are in a life storm that we realize what we really value. So before we do that, just uh, we do have a team up at Alliston today. So uh, Pastor Michael and Kimberly are up there and Aaron is there as well. So they're uh, up doing the service in Alliston, which is always exciting. Um, so uh, we'll get a report from them, I think, this afternoon. So that's good. And if you do want to go up there one, t- one day, just let me know. We'll send you up with a team. That would be good. So getting back to, me- to the message, when everything is at stake, uh, when we're in a life storm, we, we really figure out what we really value or what's valuable in our life. Oftentimes in a life storm, we throw things overboard. Uh, we look for things to cut out, things that we don't need um, so that we can try and make life easier or try and float the boat for a little bit longer. Um, and often we ask ourselves, do I really need this or do I really need that? Because we're in a crisis situation, so we start to evaluate things. Sometimes, uh, say if you're, you're facing a financial storm, um, you'll, you'll get rid of the dog, you'll, you'll disconnect the electricity, you'll, you'll, you'll chop up the credit card, you'll stop driving the car, you'll do all these things because you're in a crisis financially, you're in a, a financial storm. And so it's like we do desperate measures to stay afloat, so you offload whatever you can. And in other parts of life, you know, if you, if you have a, a physical problem, sometimes you, you'll, you'll, you'll change your diet. You'll do all these, these things because you're doing all that you can to stay afloat. Um, so I'm going to give you three life storms in the Bible that we can learn from, or three storms, I guess, from the Bible that we can learn from this morning. And uh, hopefully they're of help to you and that you're able to apply some of these keys into your situation. I'm not going to spell everything out because I want the Holy Spirit to begin speaking to people as I, as I preach so that you can get a, a, a something from the Holy Spirit in you that is going to help you to uh, prepare yourself and to be uh, ready and survive the storms that might come your way. So there's, there's a few of the storms that we're going to look at this morning, and um, I've taken a bit of license with them, but hopefully you can uh, get the, the, the nuggets as we go through. So the first one is Paul's storm. Um, the, the, in Paul's storm, can we, we have that there? Um, Acts chapter 27, verses 13 and 18. Uh, in, in that storm, the sailors threw everything overboard. If you know the story, uh, you can, you can uh, read along with me. Acts chapter 27, verses 13 to 18. Verse 13 says this. Um, that was a nice little picture. Do you like that? The, the key in this one is the sailors threw everything overboard. So in verse 13, it says, When a light wind began blowing, the sailors thought that they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore. Here, the background of the story is Paul was actually a prisoner on a, on a ship heading for Rome so that he could go to court in Rome. And uh, they were heading into the winter and they, the sailors were sailing the ship that was going to take Paul and, and, and others to Rome. Uh, yet the winter was coming and they thought, well, it's not safe to stay in this harbour that they got to. And they were wanting to make it to a, a safer port. But they, they were thinking, well, the weather's a bit dicey. But one day they said there was a, a light wind. It looked like it was okay. So they were going to take their chance uh, on this calm, easy kind of day. A light wind began blowing, so they thought they could make it. So 
basically what we see in this story is they were playing it safe. They're thinking that it's a pretty safe bet. Like this, we could do this in our own lives. We think, well, interest rates are, are, are low and, and, or they've just gone down. So it's a good time to be investing with a, with a safe investment. I'm going to put my money out now. Um, it's basically we're doing things close to shore. We're not going very deep. We're, we're not going into anything that looks very dangerous. It all looks safe and, and predictable. It's uh, you know, not deep or anything like that. It's playing it safe. Uh, just doing a little bit in ministry. You know, I don't do too much. I just do a little bit. I, how much trouble can I get in being a car park attendant? You can get in a lot of trouble even doing that. But, you know, we just think we're just doing a little bit. I'm just, just playing it safe. Don't want to get too too heavy in any of this stuff. Uh, and it, But it only takes a moment to go from safe to scary. Verse 14 says, But the weather changed abruptly. And the wind of typhoon strength burst across the island and guess what? Blew us out to sea. Not a place anyone wants to find themselves. If we can just, uh, this is when you need, need this. Can we just go to that video grab? We have video grab of the week. Hopefully it works for us. There you go. Who has never seen those people before in their life? <clears throat> but it's at those moments in life where you suddenly find yourself out of your depth, away from the shore, and you're needing an SOS. You're needing someone to come and save you. See, this is what uh, Paul and this crew of, of people on this ship suddenly found themselves. What they started off feeling safe, feeling secure, feeling this is just going to be an ordinary day, turned into something much, 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 much more, much worse than they could have expected. So uh, what started out as a safe thing, a safe bet, turned into a raging storm. And sometimes we can, we can find ourselves like that in life uh, in many different ways, many different scenarios. We find ourselves thinking, well, I thought this was just going to be so easy. I thought this was going to be predictable. I thought that nothing could go wrong. And yet suddenly what started off as a, a slight breeze turned into a, a, a huge storm and blew us out to where we didn't want to be. So verse 15 says, the sailors couldn't turn the ship uh, into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. So the point, when you know you're in too deep, you go from having a casual cruise to going to su into survival mode. And your, your whole thought is, can, we, can I or can we survive this? How are we going to get through? And it goes on to say that the sailors pulled up the, the lifeboat. They, they put ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. And they lowered the anchor to try and slow things down. And sometimes we, we, we find ourselves doing emergency things in life, trying to, to get through. So uh, we, we put things in place in our family, put things in place in our business, uh, do things to try and strengthen the ship, so to speak, so that we can survive and we try and slow it all down. So we, we might go to the bank or go to, go to, the, to, to uh, 
other people who we might be uh, indebted to, saying, well, how do we slow this process down to give us some time? So they were going somewhere, these sailors with Paul upon their boat, but they had no control of where that was going to be. They thought they were going to sail up the coast and find a safer port, but they suddenly found themselves away in a dangerous place. So the safe bet wasn't so safe. And it took them into the storm. And it's right about now in these times that in, our, in our lives that we put out a distress signal, that SOS, hoping that someone is going to find us, that someone can save us. That thought easily turns to panic when we realize there is no one else out there. I think I spent the first three years in this church asking myself, well, if only there was someone who could help us to, to take this church forward. If only there was somewhere I could turn. If only there was someone with the, with the, with, with, with the experience that's gone, gone through exactly what we've gone through. But I realized there was no one who, who knew the exact scenario, the exact things that we were going through. And God was just saying, I just you know, need you to turn your eyes to me and I'll help you through. So those thoughts can easily turn to panic. Verse 18, it says, The next day, as gale force winds continued to, to batter the ship, it's a good time to eat it when it's battered, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. So in storms, even the experts do stupid things desperate things. So there are some things you need to keep and some, some things you can do without. You know, I think they threw the cargo overboard thing. Well, we don't know this. Well, there, there goes the, the income for that, for that trip. It's all gone, chucked in the sea. Uh, then it says they threw the ship's tackle overboard, everything they needed to use to drive the thing, to steer it overboard. They, they just ditched it all into the sea just to try and stay afloat. I mean, I mean, later on in the story, it says that they found that, that la- after the storm was, was uh, gone for, for days and days, it says they, they eventually shipwrecked the ship. But I think they, they shipwrecked because they didn't have any gear to steer it where they needed to steer. They ran aground and the ship got smashed to pieces. But they were safe. Um, where are we up to? So even I- in storms, experts, even experts do stupid things, desperate things. So... Verse 20 says, The terrible storm raged for many days. It blot out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. And sometimes we can find our place. We can find that we're in this place where we're lost in space or lost in sea with no hope. Who can tell me the name of that little boy? Will Robinson. What's he hanging on to? robot and who's the other guy who's the other guy you didn't watch enough tv so acts 27 verse 20 says the terrible storm raged for many days blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was gone and sometimes we can look at a situation and think you know everything's black i've lost all hope i don't know what to expect anymore. I don't even know where I am. The sun or the stars means they had no bearings to navigate. For, for, for mariners in, in that time, their whole navigation was, was uh, totally reliant upon the sun and the stars. 
And if you have no, if you have no bearing, they, they obviously didn't know when the sun was coming up or where it was because of the, the darkness of the clouds. And at night time, because of the storm, the wind and the rain and the clouds, they could not see any stars. So they were totally blind with no concept of where they were. So um, they had nothing to navigate from, no, no points of contact. So they relied on, on those things for direction. That was gone. It's not there. There's one thing worse than being in a storm is being lost at sea in a storm. So sometimes you think, well, it's pretty bad, but it can get even worse when you don't know where you are anymore. And sometimes as a Christian, as a believer, you can think, well, it's okay because I've got some constants in my life. I've got something solid. And you, you might think, well, I can always rely upon this. I'll always go and see Pastor Kylie. She's always got good, good help. But then she's, she wasn't there that day. Or you've got other constants in your life. Or I'll just turn to the Bible, but, you, but it's like you can't see. It's like it's not working. And, and there's those times where, where circumstances, the storms get so, so uh, consistently uh, bad that you, the, the things that you've always used to rely on, like, the, like these sailors, well, we'll just look to the stars. We'll figure out where we are, but they can't see the stars anymore. It's so dark, they can't even see the sunrise. They don't know which way is east or west. So they're in a storm and they're lost at sea. So sailors in this story represent something. They represent experts or, profe- or professionals that we look to for help or for advice. Now, that, that's not a bad thing because when I have a medical problem, it's good to see a medical doctor because they can help. Uh, when, I, when I need help uh, with, with financial things and accountancy things, I need to see an accountant because they're a professional who know what they're doing. Uh, if, if you have any plumbing, someone said they're going to be doing some plumbing. I don't know who it was. But if you need plumbing done, you need to see a licensed plumber because it's a licensed trade and it's really important that we do that. But sailors in, in, this, in this story represent experts or prof- professionals that we look to for help. And we need them. I'm not saying we don't need these people in our lives because it is important that we have them there. Uh, there are people in our world that could, um, it could be, uh, you know, people who we work with even. Um, sometimes we, we can view things as uh, customers, if we run a business, customers who are our, our main supply. That we think without them, our business will be very small. Uh, that, that these people who we rely on in different ways uh, maybe in a household, it's the, the main breadwinner in the family. Um, those that we do life with and we rely on them for our security. And it also represents expertise in business, medicine, ministry, and every part of life is, these, is what these sailors are representing. They're the experts that we rely on. Now, I wouldn't want to go to sea without sailors on board. And we, we need to realize, I've got to stress this, we need these people in our lives. But the one thing that we need to also understand as believers when we're walking with God through a storm, sailors make decisions purely on the storm. And that's what the, what the sailors on Paul's ship did, is they were making decisions on the storm, and they said, well, the storm is so, so bad, the storm has gone on for so long, so we're going to make desperate decisions. So throw everything overboard, everything we can. Just start throwing the cargo overboard. So crates of chickens were going over. Uh, a, a, a few goats went overboard. Uh, bags of wheat went overboard. Bags of money went overboard. 
Then, then they said, we're still not lighting up. They, they, they start throwing the, 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 the sails overboard, start throwing ropes overboard, just everything they can get their hands on. They're chucking overboard. Even the, 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 the ship's cat went overboard. We, we just need to understand this in a, in a spiritual context in your life. You know, just, it could be in a financial situation. You've got a financial advisor or something like that, and, and they're advising you. They're going to be looking at the storm that you're facing and seeing the conditions of that and advising only on that. What we, have to, what we have to do to be truly free in this storm is we can take some advice from the experts, but they could be saying, you've got to throw everything overboard, but God can have a different story. God could be saying, well, I'm going to give you wisdom to get through this storm, and it doesn't mean you throw everything away. God could be saying, I'm going to get you through this marriage. It doesn't mean you need a divorce. God could be saying, I can get you through this, through this storm in your church. It doesn't mean you need a new church. God could be saying, oh, I'm going to get you through this job. You don't need to throw it all away to get you through this storm. And we need to understand these things because the experts will say, mm, well, that's really bad, yep. I see you're going to have to get rid of all this stuff. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. But we've got to wait and be strong enough to wait till we hear the voice of God. Now, this storm raged on for, for quite a few days, quite a number of days. So, um, verses 23 and 25, we'll pick up the story again. Uh, it says, so, you know, Paul is, is on this boat, and it says, Paul addresses the crew because he had a revelation from God in the situation. And we need to get these revelation moments in our life where God speaks into our storm. Because no one else is hearing God in, in our storm better than what we need to hear God. And so Paul, it says, uh, he addresses the crew because he had a revelation. He says, an angel of the God to whom I belong stood beside me and said, don't be afraid. And I want to tell you today, no matter what storm you're facing, there is an angel who wants to come and stand beside you and say, don't be afraid. He said, don't be afraid, God has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Now, here's a, a really key point. We ought to be like Paul, who in, the, who in the storm know what God is saying and trust in that word. So professionals only read the storm, but we must read the Lord and know what he's saying in that storm. Because if you're a leader, you know, there's many people who are leaders here, in various ways, in, in our community, in our church. But if you're a leader, you not only have to hear Jesus above the storm in your storm, but you've got to hear the voice of Jesus in the storm of others as well. So every, you know, as, as a church, we need to pray for our leaders because they're facing storms. We all have them. And you might be facing a storm, but they're going to help you get through your storm. And you've got to be praying for them that they get through their storm. And so it's really important that we do that as a church. Um, if you're a leader, you've got to be understanding that, that there's others who are in the storm with you and they're waiting to hear God's voice through that storm and it's going to come through you. So the key there is that there are always others in the storm. Choose to be the Paul in the storm who brings the word of God, the word of hope into the storm into that situation. That could be if you're, if you're uh, uh, in a family. doesn't matter whether you're uh, um, one of the kids in the family. You could be the one who speaks God's word into that storm. 
Paul was the least on the boat. He was the prisoner. He wasn't the captain. He wasn't the ship's owner. He wasn't the sailor. He was a prisoner in chains. And he says, hang on a minute, guys. An angel came and saw me last night and told me this. You know, I'm not saying that, that you're going to get angels turn up in, in your storm and, and, and speak to you, but if you learn to, to uh, hone your, your spiritual ears to the Word of God on a regular basis, then when you need that Word, it'll come to you in the middle of the storm. You know, it's, it's too late look, looking for the life vest when you're sinking in the sea. You, you need to put it on first, and then when you need it, it's already there. It's no use looking uh, or trying to install a, a sprinkler system when the building's on fire. That's already too late. Or put the fence up when the sheep have run away. So, so having, having a relationship, that, and this is why people often say to me, what, what do you always talk about praying and reading the Bible? What's all that got to do with everything? Because what you're doing is you're preparing yourself for the storm. You're developing the keys you need. That, that's the angel speak that will be ready when the storm hits that you'll say, well, hang on a minute. What, what have I been hearing? What have I, what have I been reading? What have I been uh, putting around my life as a safety, as an SOS for my future? That's why, why I'm strong on that stuff. But Paul also says there's going to be a shipwreck. There's going to be a loss, but we're all going to swim away. So in the process, the sailors threw a lot overboard. We need to be the people who say, you know what, uh, I'm going to keep what God wants me to keep. And some of that stuff we didn't need, but the main thing is that I swim away to another day. And that's what I want for you as, as a people, that you can uh, be so uh, strong in your faith that when the storms come, that you still swim ashore. You know, you might lose a few things along the way, but you're going to live and have a... a, a I guess, a future and a hope in God. So that's uh, Paul's storm. The next storm we're going to look at is Jonah's storm. And we all know the story in Jonah's storm. The sailors, the, the professionals, they threw him overboard. <coughs> so in Jonah 1 verse 2, it says, this is God speaking to Jonah. This is where the whole story starts. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Verse 3, this is what Jonah's response is to God. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite, the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He boarded a ship, it says, and sailed away. That's always a bad move. So it's like you, sometimes people say to me, God spoke to me about this and that, and I really feel that I, I need to you know, go this direction. And you think, hey, yay, that's great. That if, if you're feeling that's what God's telling you to do, do it. But you know what? You, you see them three months later, and they haven't done any of those things. And, and then you see them drifting further and further from, from the purpose of, of what you know, God was telling them to do. So he boarded a ship and sailed away. That's always a bad move. In Jonah 1, verses uh, 4 to 16, uh, we're not going to read it all out, but it says that uh, we, we know the story. Most of us have, have heard the story of Jonah, who's thrown overboard, gets you know, uh, sucked up by a big fish and, and spat out later. But uh, Jonah lands himself in this powerful storm. And uh, the crew of this ship, the sailors, are saying, well, who sinned on this boat? It says they're all praying. And, and, and also that, that Jonah was asleep. 
he's like, he, he, he's just asleep. He's like, I'm going to ride this storm out. I'm just going to, I've zoned out God in my life. I'm, I'm living in this, this place where, where um, I'm, I'm not in tune with anything that's going around me. You know, sometimes you get to that place in life. Jonah was there. He's saying, I've, I've separated myself from God's plan. I don't, I'm not interested in God's plan. God said, go here. And I said, well, I'm, not, I'm going there. And then, then he zoned so much out that in the middle of the storm that he was in, that he fell asleep. He's saying, oh, I'm, I'm totally out of it. And sometimes we, we can go through storms and we, we've, we've become so weary about life uh, that we, we're no longer aware of anything that's happening around us. So uh, it says the sailors woke him up and, and they said, well, uh, we're all praying. They're all praying to their gods. And they're saying, well, you start praying to your God. And, and by the way, who are you? Why are you here? And he tells the crew he's running away from God. And they're so, they're so uh, shocked about this that they think, well, you are the problem of this storm. So they throw him overboard. Um, it says in verse 15, the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and then the storm stopped. This is like those times when things are tight at work and you're the one who loses your job. It's those uncomfortable rejections where you're disposable. Maybe... You're, the, you're a partner in a business and, they, and, and other partners conspire against you. Uh, it could be being stood down in ministry. Whatever the, the storm is, this is about you being out. You're the one left out. You're the one put out. So the sailors responsible can be so nice about it as well. They're saying, hey, you, know, you start praying and tell us why you're here. And then they go, wow, look, sorry, buddy, but we love you, but you're out. And so he's, he's into the sea. So whatever the storm is about, it's you're the one who, who's going overboard. So the sailors responsible can be so nice about it, but you're the one that they're going to throw overboard. And that can be a, a, a bad feeling. So nobody likes being in that kind of storm. Who, who would like to be in that storm? Nobody. Good. I'm in the right place. The thing to learn from Jonah is... What looks like doom to us can be God repositioning our priorities. This is when God is the storm. Not a nice thought. But sometimes the storm we're in is God doing something around us to change our, our life. So God's storms happen when we choose to go our own direction refusing to accept what God is calling us to do. There are many believers living confused, hurt, bitter, because they got themselves into a God storm, found themselves thrown overboard, but they never learned any lesson through it. So a couple of questions is, did God send, did God send this storm? This is what we ask ourselves often. Did, why is God doing this? Uh, do people deserve it? They're questions I can't answer. I'm not going to try and go there either. But in a God storm, people throw you overboard. That's the only thing we need to remember here is when, when we're in the middle of a God storm, we're the one who feels like we're, we're, we're turf, but it's people who will be the ones behind that throwing us overboard. overboard. Glenn Berto, one of my favorite preachers, says this, Faith in Christ often comes at a great cost because it asks, asks us, 
because it's almost Heidelberg if it's us. I've met with quite a few people in Queensland who, who are Christians. Faith in Christ often comes at a great cost because it asks us to crucify our flesh so we can experience the life of Jesus in us. And it means we are often uh, pushed and corrected because we're deeply flawed. Sooner or later, Jesus gets under our skin, no matter who we are, what titles we hold, and how long we've been going to church. The demands of of discipleship become too much to bear. And like Jonah, when we seek to go another direction, don't be, don't be surprised to find yourself in God's storm and to find ourselves in this raging, uncontrollable sea. But when you find yourself in that place, or if you find yourself in that place, it's time to say, God, I'm at your mercy. God, if you'll take me out of this, then I'll, I'll do what you wanted me to do in the first place. And that's exactly what Jonah did. Jonah, by the way, is not a good example. People often preach about Jonah, but he was a real, real twerp. And we don't want to be Jonas. We want to be people who hear the voice of God and say, yes, Lord, I'll go. I'll be clay in your hands. I'll be, you're the potter, I'm the clay. Uh, where you send, I'll go. Um, you know, e- even some of the heroes of, of our Bibles, like Moses, God said, Moses, go to, to, to um, Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And he says, no, not, not me. You've got the wrong one. I heard this this week. One of the great revelations about um, things I heard this week at a conference was that it says that men, if, if they're looking at, a, at employment and they, they go for a job and they think they're only 60% qualified, they go, well, I'll, I'll go for it and I'll take, I'll take the job and I'll, I'll uh, fake it till I make it for the other 40%. It says about women that if, if they see an opportunity and they think, well, I'm, I'm 90% qualified, they'll actually not take it for the 10% they can't do. But you know something? We've really got to encourage our women because they're a lot more gifted and a lot more uh, prepared in many things. So ladies, don't think, well, I, I'll, 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 I've got the 10% missing because the rest of the guys here, we're, we're, doing the, we're missing the 40%. But I say that because sometimes we've got men in the wrong position and, and, and a, woman could, a woman could do it better. A woman could, a, a woman, a lady. But don't let your gender get in the way of what God wants to do. But I, I will say, men, you've got to rise up. One Heart Church, men, you've got to rise up to the call and the purpose of God and start, sometimes start putting down political uh, motivation about who your mates are and what, and, and, and what you think church should look like and all these sorts of things. We, we are on the, on the verge of, a, of God doing some amazing things in our church. Our, our attendances have been the best we've ever had in seven years over the last uh, probably eight or nine months. We've got to be celebrating these things, but men, you've got to rise up. Because what, what the challenges we're seeing, I'm getting a little bit emotional now, the challenges we're seeing in the church, we're seeing much more people coming to church, but we've still got the same level of people serving, so we, we can't do what we want to do because there's not enough helpers. But, you know, maybe in the life of men and women in our church, there's opportunity for you to rise up and find a place to serve God. And, and right now you might be in the middle of a God storm, but God wants to say, well, if you trust me through it, I will, I will deliver you to the place that you need to be. You've just got to put your, your uh, mask 
into the wind and, and go with it. The third storm that we're going to look at this morning is the disciple storm. Uh, it's found in, in two different uh, places in the Bible. There's, there's quite a few storms that the, the disciples went through. But uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 and 25, and Ma- Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 38, I believe are the same, same describing the same event. But you'll think that if you're a disciple and you're traveling with Jesus, he's in your boat, would be, you'd be immune from trouble. Uh, there should be no storms when you're traveling on mission with God. Wouldn't you think so? I think that should be the way it is. And sometimes we preach that, well, come to God, uh, be a disciple, don't be like Jonah, do whatever God tells you to do, be with Jesus in everything you do, and you're just going to have wonderful sunsets, uh, calm seas, and, and a wonderful life. But in a disciple storm, we tell ourselves and our friends, but I'm following Jesus. I'm doing the ministry. I'm doing everything I can right. See, the, the disciples went through storms at sea with Jesus, with him in the boat. They weren't running away. They were totally in the plan and the purpose of God for their lives. And what we need to realize, it isn't a sign that God has left the boat or the church, or your life when we encounter a storm. And we need to realize that these storms come when Jesus is right there with us in the midst of those things. So it says in in, in that uh, story from Matthew that Jesus was asleep on a cushion. See, Jesus sleeps through our storms, our disciple storms. Let's take this metaphorically. This means that he isn't affected by the storm that we are. We're affected by the storms, but Jesus isn't. And while he's right there with us, we need to to wake him up in a a sense. Because we can be free in a disciple storm knowing Jesus is there with us. And that's the the, the place Jesus wants us to be. So it says in in Mark chapter 4, verse 38, that Jesus was asleep on a cushion. He was unaffected, unconcerned, unafraid, in the middle of that storm, because Jesus is free. And the disciples went to him like, like those sailors went to Jonah, and they, they said, Jesus, don't you realize that we're all about to die? Don't you realize that, that, that we're, we're, we're sinking? It's not a nice place to be. But they, they woke Jesus. When you're in a storm, in a disciple storm, When you're following God, you're serving as best you can, you've laid your life down even to say, God, I want to serve you, I want to step into ministry or or do something for the kingdom of God. But then the storm comes and everything is challenged. It looks like you're going to lose everything, even your own life. The first thing is Jesus is still with you. You need to recognize that all the time and say, Jesus is still with me. And the next thing you need to do is to wake him up. You think, well, how do we do that? You need to call upon the name of Jesus in your storm. You need to call upon the name of Jesus. You know, in, in our church, as, as a pastor here, we've had financial storms. We've had, we've had uh, um, ministry storms. We've had not enough workers storms. We've had all sorts of things that, that we, we deal with. 
And sometimes you think, well, Jesus, why, why are we here? We're trying to do the best that we can, but we have these challenges, these storms, and we need to call upon him. One of those ways that we've done that in this church over the last years is January. We fast and pray, and we spend time as a church saying, God, we, we, we want to wake Jesus up. Not that he's asleep so much, but we want to be attuned to really what he's doing and wants to do in and around our city and in our church. So what that looks like, it's a, having a desperation. And sometimes it's healthy to have a desperation to get closer to Jesus, to, to get Jesus' attention. I can imagine the, the disciples getting Jesus, all of them, all, all, all of them on top of him, shaking him, saying, Jesus, don't you realize we're about to drown and you're asleep? Don't you notice? Can't you see what we're going through? Can't you see that, that we're going to lose everything here? But what we've got to do is, it's like we might have to get up in the middle of the night and cry out to God and, and seek God for, for His Word or, or, or begin praying in the middle of the night or, or early in the morning or late in the evening. But that's how we get God's attention. We've got to get on, get on our knees or get on our faces and get praying in a very personal way. So this morning I want to pray for you because Jesus wants us to be free in our storms. doesn't mean that we're not going to face storms. doesn't mean the storm isn't going to be real, isn't going to be fearful to be in. But it means that we're going to say, Jesus, I want to have a, a freedom in my spirit that I know that the storm won't last but I will. So the biggest mistake many people make is they make drastic decisions in the storm that means that they're not going to make it through because they, they dispense of things that they need that will get them through at the end of the day. So I want to pray with you. If you just bow your heads with me this morning. I want you to understand some things this morning. And as I pray, we're going to pray freedom in your life, freedom in your storms. See, when the, when the sailors around you, when the experts around you can't help, and perhaps they're saying, throw everything overboard, I want to pray for that right now and ask that, that you'll have a revelation from God as to know what you need to keep. Because sometimes there might be one key you need to keep that's going to save you from the shipwreck totally. So dear Heavenly Father, those who are facing a Paul storm in their life, and the experts are saying, well, you, you need to get rid of this and you need to get rid of that. It's hopeless. You'll never get through this. Lord, I pray that an angel, your word, will speak into our spirits. So right now I just pray over every person who's facing a Paul's type of storm, the people they're turning to, the, the people they're thinking, well, I'll, I'll be okay because I'll trust the sailors. I'll trust the experts. Lord, I pray that we'll also trust in you that we don't walk away with nothing, but we walk away with the purpose and the plan and the direction that you have as well. And Lord, I pray for those when we're the one who's been thrown overboard, when we're the one who maybe has lost our job, we're the one who's lost our marriage, we're the ones who, who, who've been left out, excluded, rejected. Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, you bring healing into people's spirits today that uh, sometimes even through that there can be a, a 
a re-establishing of connection with your purpose. So just like Jonah, Lord, he, he went through that rejection, but Lord, you repositioned him to be back in your purpose. So Lord, I pray today over people who may have felt that level of rejection, I pray for healing in their soul, I pray for healing in their spirit, that they may come out of that into a place of joy and purpose again in your plan. Lord, also, Lord, we pray for those who have done everything right, who have done everything with a good purpose in their life and thinking, God, I just wanted to serve you. I've done things with, with the right intention and I, I haven't ran away from anything and I've always done the right thing but found themselves in the middle of a disciple storm. Lord, I just pray that we may turn our faces to heaven, that we may cry out to you with urgency, that we may cry out to you with a desperation and, Lord, hear your voice. Speak into the storm. And, Lord, it says that the storm, the winds and the rain and the, everything, the waves stopped instantly. And, Lord, they were left in awe. So, Lord, I pray that we as a people may live with that awe of your presence every day as we trust you, as we follow you and go deeper in, uh, in our call and purpose, I pray, over everyone today. May they be free in these life storms that come our way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church.